thoughts are always going to be thoughts. They're going to be there, right? Thoughts is like, your, your mind is like an ocean. There are different fishes, there are different species, there are different, there are snakes, there are dolphins, there are sharks, there are even people who are swimming, there there's so many things happening there, but just like the fisherman, you know what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Viana. Today I have a very interesting guest with me. He's a friend of mine. Um, we don't always agree on certain things, do we? I feel like we, I feel like we kind of do on a lot of things. <laughs> on the most important things. Okay, so he, he has a very interesting way of saying things and that's one of the reasons why I enjoy having conversations with him and I decided to bring him on my podcast to, you know, talk about mental health and his own personal struggles and how he has been managing to, you know, stay affluent with so many things going on around the world. And yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to welcome <laughs> Paul Ahmed. Thank you so much for doing this. This Thank means you. a lot. Thank you so much for having me. It's like... I'm really, really excited that I'm finally on the podcast. It's, it's been too long. We've talked about this forever. And we've been trying it like four times. I, I think we've been time. Yeah, I think I think this is this is going to be one of the cool things about like doing things again is that you have the opportunity to make it better than last time. You know, you learn. So it's uh, I am happy to be here. Yeah, and I and I can even feel like my confidence level is you know higher than it was. I can't remember the like first day we tried to breathe. I was so <laughs> I was all over the place. I was just so, you know, worried about a lot of things and you know, I got pissed. Can you remember the day I went <laughs> to your house? I think that was the last day because yeah, I was time we tried. so angry. Yeah, we tried I, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everything. But yeah, thank you for doing this and thank you for having me on. Yes. So how have you been? Like I said, I'm alive. <laughs> Always alternating between um, places of like, uh, I would say, not depression, more like melancholy. You know, when it's maybe something's not good as well as you want. Always we're prisoners of our expectations, but it's like, you know, low point and then get out of that and then have to deal with something else. So it's, it seems like a little bit of a roller coaster, but uh, yeah. I'm good. I'm great. I'm like you look good. Thank you. Can you wait like mad but Yes. And I can see that. But it's good. It's good. I want to know how you've been handling the NSAS, you know, uh, I won't really call it trauma, but like traumatic, please. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't <laughs> it is traumatic. But yeah, you get my point because yeah. I know you really participated. Um, I, I wasn't opportune to do that, not because I didn't want to. Trust me, I, I was really, you know, in support of everything I still am. But I was not just in the right frame of, the frame of mind to, like, you know, go into it. So like to be there physically. To be the there and, you know, to really, you know, voice out how I feel or, you know, just protest peacefully. But yeah, I noticed you were there, you went, you had, you know, the. 
you had just this energy about okay we want a better nigeria <laughs> and it didn't turn out well like you know with the the way they had to end the whole protest and everything but yeah after that i i could sense that a lot of people who participated in the protest were going through a lot of you know emotional roller coaster yeah. so i want to ask you like how was it for you and what were you able to do at that point to bring yourself out of that? Yeah. So um, when when the protest started, it was it was really interesting, right? It's like, well, first I'm <laughs> I have this I I come off as pretty chill, like I'm really really chill, but like half the time I am ready to if necessary like they're like okay there is some sort of um what's the word there's some sort of uh armageddon or there's just mad war and everybody's dying in that moment i'm probably i'm just like okay yeah protect the people i care about at all costs so when the protest started it's really like the the first day i think it was a sunday i think it was yeah it was it was saturday it was Saturday and Sunday, the first day people came out to the puja. <laughs> I was just watching all the tour, I was like, yo, look how people like me. Like, it was much. Oh, no, no, the first day, it, it wasn't so much. The oh, first day that they were ch- police were chasing, no, I, I chasing them around and flogging. Oh, um, really? They you know those two guys? No, I wasn't there those days, but you know, those, did you see the photos of those two babes? Running from the police, the uh, ABC, and one of them was like, fuck you. Yes, yeah, man. like those days were were intense and I was like, these are people like me. I mean, it's, it's a lot of, you know, um, FOMO, uh, fear of missing out. Like, these are people like me. These are people who um, are deeply affected by this issue. Because let's not lie to ourselves. Even doesn't matter who you are, if you're driving in Abuja, if you're anywhere really, but this is Abuja, because this is where we are. Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah. You're going to be stopped by police. Yeah. If you're as a woman, it's even worse, right? There's so many things that they could do. There's so many things that they could try. So it's like this is a collective battle. So at the end of it, even if I'm not um, say, even if I say, okay, why should I protest? Like, you know, you know me. I exactly. Somebody's going to ask me. Yeah. So who's kind of this? And I and I don't want that to happen. So. When it started, I was like, okay, those first days, I didn't go, I was, and I think in some sense, I was really unhappy with myself, because I was like, Paul, you check it out, you should be there on the front lines, like, you should be there oh, wow. on the front lines. You are Nigerian, So that's how I felt, and I was like, okay, it was like, uh, and I was sort of down, like, I'm not there physically, so how do I support? And then I was just paying attention to every, every, like basically like Femco for instance, right? And what they were doing with FK and Mo and everyone. And what I, what just kept hitting me is there are awful people in the world, right? In Nigeria, there are awful people killing and everything. But this protest is about the good people. It is full of good people contributing however they can. You know, from videos of, um, I think that person was Samuel, some guy in 
one of the earliest days in, I think it was uh, Surulere, he was just like, there was a protest and then he was taking a, um, he was a mechanic, so he was taking a client's car you know, to go get fixed or something, and then he comes out and the crowd's like, oh, let's see what's going on, and he just stands there with his hands in his pocket and a bullet hits him, and he was just like, on the, he was lying down with his hands in his pocket bleeding, and then people came, someone who was really good at like um, medicine, they were trying to resuscitate him and it was a really sad moment because this person died right there and I can't imagine what those people, like the kind of trauma they had to deal with because they really tried to save this man's life. But what I saw there was people contributing what I know, what they know. People coming through with music, people coming through with fitness, people coming through with law, like the legal network that they built for inside. Massive. Thank yeah. you. And it's just like this whole thing of okay, things don't work in Nigeria because you don't want them to work. Now these are people who are trying to make things work. So I was like, okay, this is me now, right? What do I know and how can I help contribute to the cause? And it's like, okay, well, amongst other things, they're really good at strategy. Uh, they already have strategy, but advertising is one. Um, Femco at that point, I think, had raised almost 15 million. I was like, oh, okay, this is great. Like this amount of money has been raised so far, but like I think we need more. We definitely need more money. And I was like, we we could run ads. Like um, politicians, like uh, they'd they'd run ads asking people to donate so they can run more ads. Like we could do that. Like if we can target the right people, people who are deeply interested in um, civil civil um, civil justice, civil civil. Civil justice, civil—I um, forgot what they call that—but uh, like people who are interested in um, fighting against police brutality anywhere, you know, if you can get them to donate, so you people are like, say, the U.S. or other developed countries, um, someone donating fifty dollars in Nigeria—the average Nigerian cannot donate fifty dollars. But someone in the U.S. would probably donate fifty dollars. So, like, if you if you put all that up together, you can now have like more diversified streams of income. Um, so I, I, I sort of said an E, I actually just wanted to do it on my own, right? I wanted to uh, coordinate with creative people to create an ad, like a really beautiful ad. And then I was constantly using my own money to, I think I think it was around $8,000. I was thinking of $500 to $8,000 at the time, just running the ads. And um, sort of sent an email to, I think it was Mo, from Femco because it was like, okay, then it was just a donation link with Flutter before the government took it down. So it's like, okay, I can just do the landing page, send ads, and then they will, all they will just see is that there's money coming in, and then maybe later we can talk about all that. Uh, in retrospect, it might not have gone that well, but that didn't end up happening. And then I saw this um, person called Ego uh, from Lagos. I got an ad from her um, about information about the protest. I was like, oh, this is good. And so I spent my money to run more ads. So I think that was like my first early actual involvement in the protests. And then um, when we, the first time I went was the time that they were at Berka. That was where I physically was there. Um, so I'm, pl- I'm, a, and I'm, I'm an obsessive planner and this kind of thing. I try to think of as many things as possible. So the first day I was going, I had my sweatpants with zippers because I wanted to have all my valuables on me and zippers so that it would be very difficult for someone to pickpocket me. So I mentally know that if I'm taking anything out of my pocket, 
I'm zipping it back up. If I'm putting it in back, I'm zipping it back up. If you want to pickpocket, you have to unzip me. You know, that kind of thing. I wore trainers, wore a t-shirt, um, had a small like knapsack tied to the front of me with like water, I had sanitizer, just essentials. So the idea was, also I had um, an emergency phone number and my blood group received on my arm. So I was like, okay, I was legit prepared to die. <laughs> I was like, okay, if anything happens, um, if we have to run, I could ditch the bag, my valuables are on me, you know, keys, wallet, like ID, phone. Um, so yeah, that was the first day I went there. That was the day they, they sent the thugs. The first time they tried sending thugs after the protesters. Although I went after the first wave. Um, it was a really beautiful experience. It was just the camaraderie, just like people, people who have been suppressed for so long, just taking over the roads, you know. And then it just started to pro progress, you know, like being at Unity Fountain, dealing with the soldiers um, near the National Assembly. And for me, throughout those periods, it was, it was just hope and happiness that like the Nigeria they always told us about is a lie. We are what we make Nigeria to be. You know, hearing stories like Oh, someone says, oh, I lost my phone. Someone found the phone, took it to their house, charged it, put airtime in it, and I gave the like, exactly, give the person back the next day. I see that. Like, they said that this was not possible in Nigeria. In Nigeria, yes. You know, so many and so many other, so many, I mean, granted, yeah, there are people who still try to do shitty things, but like, so many beautiful examples of people being selfless, of people being good people, of people yeah. looking after each other, like someone, so I was like, oh, there was this car, the person saw a car, saw iPhones in the car, and was like, yeah, just stayed there till the owner of the car came back, because he notices that the person forgot to lock the car. Wow. So I'm like, but they said, this is not, we, when, we know when you try to talk about, like, just imagine you're in a random gathering with people, and you're all Nigerians, right? And um, let's say somebody leaves something, and like, oh, we should wait, let the person come back. They're like, oh, you think this is abroad? Like, why do you think you're a white person? You know, those kind of things. But we're actually doing it. So it shows that, like, at least it's our generation that, like, we're thoughtful and we're good. So it was really nice. And I was I was also trying to contribute. Like, every day I was going out, I had went out with at least one or two trash bags. Because, you know, there were people going around picking up the trash as well. So I'd always go look for a person like, oh, hey, uh, can I give it a trash bag? What do you guys do? How do you guys do your eyes? Maybe I can help to pick up trash. Never did, but I always brought the trash bags. Um, uh, you know, it, it was just fun. Again, obviously, it was people, the only people trying to take advantage of things, but it was, it was fun. And then also watching the strategy, watching how things played out. Um, you know, towards the, towards the, the middle. Um, the, and I'm really proud of the first people who came out. The ones who got, uh, Water canoe that flowed, that injured, that flowed, cars, exactly. Because everyone, after those people, everyone was just like, okay, we can do this. Like, and people started coming out. I mean, granted, 90% of the people who came out later were just there for the parties, like for the vibes. Yeah, and the for food. the food. <laughs> exactly. Like, you see this for people saying, like, wow. Like today I have I have eaten well, I have dry. Yes. Uh, pancakes. Even in Lagos, pancakes. Ah, Lagos. That Lekki toe bridge yeah. was a vibe. Oh my god. It goodness. was so nice. Like I saw a lot of sweets. 
people always say, oh, you can support any way you can. I feel like support could also be emotional. Yeah. Like even if you cannot be there, even if you don't have the bandwidth to deal with a lot, to deal with that at the moment, you it's something you deeply care about, and you know in you, it's inside you. No one is going to take that away from you. They can they can physically stop us from protesting. They can ban the internet if they want to. They can freeze everybody's account. They can put us in jail. But like as long as it's inside you, that's not like it takes a long time. It takes a lot for someone to break that. So um, yeah, that was it. And then uh, Tuesday, the twentieth of October, that day, uh, it was just weird. Like uh, the day before on Monday was uh, uh, in Abuja. We had been at Banex, Banex Junction for a while, and then towards the evening, a friend of mine and I decided to go to uh, uh, just locations just to chill a bit, and then head home. And the next thing, I start seeing tweets that. Hoodlums had attacked again, attacked people with like, uh, like where we just let they had attacked with guns and stuff. And the first instinct I have was, okay, we know people, right? Shit, how are they? Trying to call people, didn't get answers. I was like, bro, we have to go back. Like, it's dangerous for us to physically go back, but there might be people who need our help. So it makes sense for us to at least go and see. And in retrospect, that might have been a bad, bad choice. But on the way back, you know, saw a couple of other protesters. Um, then there was this, there was, there was this woman we met, uh, uh, and she was like, "Well, she's just coming for the protest." And she had this big SARS written on her T-shirt. And we're like, "Okay, you should probably cover this up because we're going to hostile territory, and you don't want to stand up." She's like, "Yo, if I die, I die." Apparently, unfortunately, during the weekend, um, one of her friends, a friend of hers, was killed in Kubwa. Um, you know, there was someone who was stabbed. And ended up dying. Um, it was oh, she knew him, so no, no, not him. Another person. I think that one got shot. Sadly, so she was like, "Look, I'm at my wit's end. Like, this is deeply personal for me now. You know, on a very deep level." We're like, "Cool." So we, we start going. We start we, we start getting to Banex, and then um, some people come and say, "Hey, do you know where the protesters are?" And I'm about to answer, and my friend says, "Oh no, we don't." And as as we keep going. These people keep walking, and we see them holding clubs. And we're like, holy shit! This, these, these people were like, oh wow! <laughs> and then we looked at the bay because she was. Um, I was in the middle. My friend was on the right, and the woman was on the left. So they didn't see her, thankfully. So um, uh, my friend just gave her a shirt, and then we walked to um, the bridge and waited for her to get a taxi before we. Headed home. Um, so that was Monday. Then Tuesday, uh, I didn't go out because like it's very exhausting, and you have to sort of plan your days. Like, okay, maybe I'll go out today, tomorrow I'll chill, so that I don't like get exhausted and um, get sick. Because it was raining as well, so malaria and all that. So on Tuesday, next thing I started seeing in the evening, I've seen this live session going around. Like, okay, what's going on? And then I tune into DJ Switches live, and it's like, oh shoot, soldiers have. Shooting and like just as everything was going down and just watching, um, I was, I was, it was crazy. I was, I was, I was almost having a panic attack. Like, I was shaking, like just because. So in my head, I always expected something like that to go down in Abuja, 
I always expected that, oh, okay, uh, any, I, I prepared for like any day, yeah. you know, they could send like soldiers or something in Abuja. I expected in Abuja, that. Yeah, we expected it to exactly. But like Lagos, well, every, it, it's so bad because it's like everybody was just catching trips. Like they were protesting, yeah, they were there. They, they were, were having peaceful. live shows. Exactly. <laughs> and it was a peaceful protest. Everyone Thank knows you. that. So it was, just, it was just crazy, like, and even thinking about it, it's like, we make, um, get me tired of a little bit, but like, it's like, wait, I just couldn't, for the moment, I couldn't fathom that, like, people, they would actually do that. Like, they would actually do that. I was not alright at all for at least two weeks after that. And, um, and it was, it was just, it was just sad and terrible. I felt, I felt hard, I don't believe in the concept of hearts breaking, but th- that feeling, I felt heartbroken. And, um, and it felt really bad. But then I started to console myself. Like, one of the ways I get over things is focusing on the good parts and just appreciating. Like, one of my rules for life is gratitude. So it was like, okay, we showed up. We achieved something. We were coordinated. We were organized. We ran more or less a government on donations. There were ambulances every day. There was People didn't even know where food was coming from. People just came and said, yes, there must be food. And people were entitled for that. Like, like yeah, people are shitty. They'll be entitled. But the fact that you're able to run something so well that people are entitled to food shows that you actually got your stuff right. Yeah. You know, um, just the beautiful people that uh, you meet, those kind of experiences. And I was just really grateful. I was like, Whatever's happened, we've learned a lot about ourselves. Um, but yeah, it was it was still traumatic. I think maybe even to this moment, I still haven't like still haven't gotten over that moment. But still, um, but like someone said, you are dealing with people who who are planning crews for for uh, leisure, <laughs> as as like was or for for fun. We're planning crews for fun in the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Like, did you think you were literally just going to come and change and? Get what you want so quickly, because yeah. um, and you know we, we always say it's like oh we were just asking you to end SARS, but like the truth is it doesn't SARS first of all is what they a lot of like the political class use for a lot of their things. Like you hear stories of Okuzu SARS where um, you know they'd use politicians would use them to maybe kidnap or kill their um, enemies or competitors, you know bury things under so. Like there's already there's so many interests and incentives wound up in SARS alone, but then if you take down SARS, you're making the government accountable. Yes. This is a government that is not have made sure they are not accountable for anything. If you make them accountable for one thing, everybody else is going to want their own accountability. Suddenly we're saying, suddenly we're saying, oh, we need electricity. Oh, we're protesting for electricity. We're protesting for um, fuel price. Or protesting for good governance. They don't want that. They don't want that. They're actually looking for ways to make more money. Exactly. Exactly. They don't want that accountability. So, because SARS was like a gateway thing. Do you remember at the point where people were talking about reducing the salaries of Senate? Of yeah, the yeah. Senate? Exactly. That too much. Exactly. So it looks like such a small thing, but it's like, wow. It, it was a distraction, but it provided a glimpse, showed a glimpse of what was possible. Like, okay, if we get rid of stars, this is what is next. And there was no way they were going to let that happen. So it was also that realization. And then for me as well, it's like, look, you fought, you were there. 
right? You stood. The most important thing is to be proud of yourself that you stood for something that you believe in. That you didn't, um, and I don't think you gave up. People feel like we give up. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was give up. We're coming back. Exactly. We're very strategic. Yeah. You know, like because when you're fighting with, we can't. We can't fight them on their own terms. We cannot show up with guns to protest. We cannot do that. Um, we don't. They have a monopoly of violence to an extent. Uh, the lootings after the shooting sort of show that they don't actually have a monopoly. But um, you know. We were sort of protesting, or not protesting like that. There are just so many things wound up in the protests, but um, I think honestly, I think twenty twenty has just been twenty twenty. <laughs> it has been a year of discovery. It has been a year of, you know, um, so many possibilities. Um, it has been a year of, you know. You better adjust because the world is moving so fast, so fucking fast. Excuse my language, but yeah, it's moving so fast that if you do not, for once, say, okay, like, I have to, you know, you just have to have this open mind and you have to be willing to adjust to every single thing that happens. Like, it might not be easy. But you just have to have that adaptability built in within you. And I feel like not every one of us has it, to be honest. We are so comfortable with the, let's say, mediocre kind of life. Like, we're just so used to, okay, this is a way, or this is the way we have been taught and brought up. And, you know, we just prefer to... Some people prefer to complain. I'm not, you know, generalizing, but yeah, this 2020 has definitely been an interesting year. And for some reason, I'm excited to see what 2021 has for us. Even though I have some chills in my spine sometimes when I think of it, because who knows what will happen? Like, who knows? The same way we didn't see COVID coming. Like, anything could happen, but yeah, well, we're here for everything and we will still stand tall regardless of what happened. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah, so I get the, the way I look at, I look at like 2021 is anything possible. Like, for instance, now, do we really think we would be going into a second lockdown? But like, a second lockdown in Nigeria is very possible now, you know. But it's like, if you went through 2020, is there anything you cannot deal with? Right? If you went through the lockdowns, if you went through every single thing, the protest, if you went through whatever challenge you faced in the year, if you are alive now, regardless of where you are, if you're alive, there's nothing you cannot deal with, you know, um, and that's what I tell myself as well, and um, like in one of my ads, I was just like, look, 2020, 2020 has happened, it has, it has happened, it's fast, let's focus on 2021, um, so like, the way I am now, it's like, I'm firmly, uh, to an extent, in the mode of like, let's prepare for next year, right? Because every new year brings new opportunities. Yeah. As much as 2020 seems shit, people lost a shit ton of money. The people making me, like, I should you not, 2020, I made my first multiple millions in 2020. Are you for real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> well done. Please show me the way. Show me the way. I want to start making this cool cash as well. Yeah. So uh, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's it's been like years of work culminating, but yeah. like it's just still the idea that even if there's like turmoil everywhere, there's still people doing a lot. Like there are so many people who are billionaires in Nigeria that you don't know about. Like when people are talking of, oh, you know, after the protest, we're like, oh, let's leave Nigeria. These ones are like, please, all of you should leave, leave the country for us. <laughs> so every every experience is what you make of it. You know, things will happen. Thoughts, for instance, like thoughts in our heads. Um, and I tell myself this a lot. It's like thoughts are always going to be thoughts. They're going to be there, right? Thoughts is like your your mind is like an ocean. There are different fishes. There are different species, they're different, they're snakes, they're dolphins, they're sharks, there are even people who are swimming, there, there's so many things happening there, but just like the fisherman, you know what you're looking for, so you have to pick those things out, so like with thoughts, pick the good ones and focus on them, you know, and and, and that is I think is one, one of the things that, that has helped me, um, Know, deal with things and get ready for 2020 because it's not easy to deal with uncertainty of any kind, you know. So, yeah. So, like, after the protest, what were the things you were able to, you know, see yourself doing to, you know, take yourself out of that uh, traumatic experience? Like, I know it's possible you were, you know, a bit moody, you were you know, still trying to very, very. battle with what you were feeling. I was pretty much depressed. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing to bring yourself, or what do you do, not just when it comes to this, you know, NSAS stuff, like generally speaking, if yeah. you are in a state of mind where you're battling with how you feel, your emotions, what do you do? Do you see a therapist? Do you try to walk, um, um, you know, within yourself? Do you try to go deep and try to work on yourself by yourself before reaching out or like what do you do I'm curious and I'm sure a lot of people might you know find it interesting and helpful as well yeah so I think the first place to start is one of my unique problems is I am an incredibly ambitious person um, I'm always for like, like if you a lot of times what we're talking about talking about when I talk about money it's always millions and stuff like that or billions or something. Oh, dollars. <laughs> exactly. I so, know you every day. So it's, it's like it's like this thing where you're almost a prisoner of your expectations. Um, but like, if you're trying to build incredible things, it's never easy because there's a lot of things to deal with. Um, and I guess I'm in the thick of it. So uh, I think there are majorly four things, right? Um, the first one is your mental health and physical health. So a lot of times mental health and physical health come together. So working out has helped me a lot. Yoga is also very powerful um, because it's like you're showing your body love. You are staying there. It's like it's like you're you're patting your body and saying there, there, everything's going to be alright. Yeah. You are letting you're just controlling the vibe. Um, journaling has been very helpful for me you know, getting my thoughts out there, uh, getting more clarity, understanding things. Um, runs, I run a lot. Not recently because I haven't worked out as much, but good runs. Um, meditation as well. Meditation has been very, very helpful. So that part is basically just, you know, 
trying to make sure I have a healthy mind. Then um, another very important thing is daily affirmations. So daily affirmations are incredibly powerful because you're telling yourself who you are and what you want. You know, for instance, oh, I'm surrounded by boundless abundance. So no matter how much I spend, no matter how I feel like, okay, maybe I might be broke or something like that, I know that I'm surrounded by boundless abundance and whatever goes is definitely going to come back. You know, um, I, uh, another one is everything I'm doing is, everything I face is very for greater things. It's like however complex it is, it is making, it, I'm getting equipped to face stronger, more challenging times ahead. You know, um, and uh, another one has been to really manage my expectations and make sure that they're realistic. Um, these days, my, my goals are not as intense as they used to be, um, primarily because now I'm sort of focused on, you know, getting the lower hanging fruit. So like, when I was starting, when I was 18, I, I was starting a, um, a laundry, on-demand laundry service, so basically Uber for laundry, and my target was like $10 million in, in monthly recurring revenue after like the third month. And I had a very specific plans to do it, didn't execute the program as they really come through. But um, now we're just like, okay, let's just make $10,000. Let's just make $10,000. Let's, let's get a place to live. Let's get a car. Let's have like, let's figure out the survival thing so we can think about more important things. So it's always been, you know, I'm trying to make more, trying to make very realistic things, realistic targets and goals and really be kind to myself. I think that's also a very important thing, being kind to myself because I know I'm very, very hard on myself, which is super hard. So, but being kind and patient with myself, like how I'd be kind and patient to another person and extending that to myself. Um, and then one of the also very, very important things, surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are on a similar journey as you. Uh, so, uh, I don't, I, uh, for the longest time, I never liked the word entrepreneur. I don't like labels, but, um, you know, there, as a state, for instance, like an entrepreneur, right? Uh, I'm trying to, if I'm running a business, I'm trying to make a million dollars, I'm trying to make 10 million, I'm trying to make 100 million, right? If my challenges are not the same challenges as someone who is running a lifestyle business where they're just okay making a million dollars, right? I'm constantly trying to grow, this person is okay there. So they can't really relate to my challenges. Uh, so, I have to surround myself with people who are on a similar wavelength. So, like for instance, um, housing and, and, and moving and dealing with family has been something that's been very important for me. And one of the people who's helped me deal with it is you. Yeah, so because I've gone through that. So. Exactly, and then we can relate on a very deep level. So, and that does just really help. And then very important people, people who actually who deeply believe, and because. If you're trying to do crazy things or do anything really, there's so many low points. There's so many points where you think like, okay, this is going to fail, and I'm going to lose so much money, and I'm going to be absolutely fucked. And you're in your feelings in that moment, and it's okay to feel that way, but sometimes you need a snap out, and people around you help. So yeah, those are those are a couple of things. I'm still very much a work in progress. Um, one thing that one experience I had is. Uh, so all these things I've mentioned, I do them, it's like a, I have a routines, but sometimes I get to the road to where I'm not following it. So 
for the longest time until I think around sometime last month I was in that kind of rut. And then I had a meeting with um, this venture capitalist um, who's really cool, invests in some of those. He's working to make, uh, to empower people building crazy things for Africa, like really good things like Paystack. Uh, so like Paystack being acquired for about $200 million by Stratford in sense. He was, yeah, yeah he was, he's an early investor. So when we had the meeting, I asked him, okay, how do you deal with the anxiety of trying to do stuff? And a lot of the things I just said was what he said. And I was I really loved that. But like when I was I was driving after the meeting and I realized, huh, these are things that I've been working on for months, being intentional about for months. Wow, I must be on the right track. And if, sometimes you're so in your feelings and so in what's happening that you forget that you are going somewhere and there's a destination. The way I like to look at life is if you have a destination and you're working towards it, it's like a graph, right? Sometimes you're going up, sometimes you're going down. You know, it might be up or down. But if you zoom, if you zoom into a specific moment, like when you're down, you feel like you're only going down. But if you zoom out and see the bigger picture, you see that you're consistently moving forward. You know, so um, and that's been one very important thing. It's like just the progress, and like I said, being super kind to yourself because. That's important. There's no one who's going to be kinder to you than yourself. And if you don't, sometimes you take it takes someone external to help you appreciate your own value. But you have to get to a point where you implicitly appreciate yourself. Um, so yeah. Okay. Using your own, you know, experience and personal opinions or what you see generally happening in Nigeria, because we are in Nigeria and we only can address things that are currently going on in the country, you get. So in terms of mental health in Nigeria, what are, what do you think are the strategic ways we could look at mental health? And what are the ways that you think the government could, you know, do certain things? Because there are few mental health uh, institutions in Nigeria, and then we have a very, very out outdated uh, document supporting the mental health policy in Nigeria? Okay, that's a really good question. I mean, the first thing is, we shouldn't be waiting for government. That's always it's called governments all over the world. Uh, in Nigeria, we already, we already don't do anything with the government, right? We don't, we use taxi, private taxis to come to where we're going. We have our generators because the public is rubbish. We um, we have our we pay for our own healthcare. We have our own internet. Like we do a lot of things without the government. So I mean, yeah, the government is a totally different conversation on their own. There's so many complexities. But I think what's most important is everything starts with you, right? Everything starts with you from the way you treat people to the way you process things to how you interpret things. It all starts with you. Like there could be. We could say so many things about, oh, what we could do is do this kind of campaign. But the truth is that it starts with you. If you, if you as a person, you know, are, say you are at a place and uh, someone, uh, someone who is mentally challenged is being picked on, what are you going to do about it? Say you're in a conversation with people and they are um, saying the great things about another person, what are you going to do about it? It seems like it's, it's the small things, but it always starts with you. If you can, if you can be a positive beacon, right? A um, 
a positive beacon that doesn't shit on what people are going through. Because that's what that's that's what modern popular culture is shitting on people with, with mental health challenges, right, of any kind. Forgetting that they also have mental health challenges. So yeah, there's definitely education, there's definitely letting people know that there are actually mental health issues, right? But then the most important thing is that it starts with you. What are you doing where you are to let the people around you know that mental health is important? Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And unfortunately, I just have to say we have come to an end. We'll have more podcasts. I mean, I know. there's always something new. Always. Because, like, I know, I know one of our previous conversations was about men and mental health. And now we're talking about protests and like that. Yeah. But it's really like the reason why I didn't choose the same topic is because, regardless, you have given me the, you know, your view mm-hmm. or your views as a guy. I could talk to a girl or a lady, rather and she would give me her own and in between the lines you might see a more feminine approach to what she does to stay afloat so you see at the end of the day it's like related to the previous topic we tried to discuss that's men's mental health yeah Yeah. we're still on track and the reason why i chose this particular topic to be honest is because you know i reached out to you shortly after the protest if you can remember and yeah. you kind of um you were going through a lot and you made mention of it and it will not be nice if i don't ask you about it and and i know you're not the only person who went through what you went through because even not just abuja even like protesters in lagos had to go through a lot somewhere you know traced to their homes, oh. their, their homes were raided and it's just a traumatic experience and it's just so sad that people went through that or people, you know, people yeah. had to go through that rather and I was just curious and I just, now you have, you know, really fed my curiosity and hey. yeah, <laughs> even though I'm not so satisfied and I would want to, you know, go on and on about this but because of time and you know a lot of other factors we'll have to end this guys but i know i am so certain we're going to do this again we're going to have another interesting conversation amen yes we'll definitely do that yes probably next year next yeah 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 it's pretty much what day is it it's like 24th yeah Yeah. So tomorrow is Christmas. Tomorrow is Christmas? What are you doing Merry on Christmas? Christmas. I, I honestly do not know. Um, I'm supposed to you know, hang out with someone, but sometimes I just prefer to be on my own. Yeah. Mm, I get that. I totally get that. Um, this Christmas, I don't know how it's going to be, but... Yeah. Whatever it is, you'll be alright. Yes, and you'll I will be. And, yeah, we just have to sit down and plan our 2021 yeah, if you don't plan you are preparing to fail if you plan you at least have a direction yeah at least you have that direction you have that clarity of, of you know where you're going to where you mm-hmm. want to be and where you currently are it just mm-hmm. gives you that clarity